You're listening to The Wanderers Podcast, episode 12. Vincent Joris is a Belgium-born, internationally-minded, sensitive soul, probably one of the most emotionally attuned people you can meet. This specific openness to exploring one's feelings led him to pursue a successful career in branding and marketing back home in Belgium and overseas in the United States. And quite some of that can be credited to Vincent's interactions with Romanians. From talking about the archetype of the traditional Romanian mom to his experience with Romanian cuisine, which, by the way, led him to become vegetarian for a couple of days, to the driving style of Romanians and how he had the most profound and touchy conversations ever with these people, the podcast episode has it all. Most importantly, this episode is a true gem of appreciation for the cool, quirky way of being of Romanians. Hope you enjoy the chat. Hello, Vincent. Hi. Thank you for coming on on the podcast. My pleasure. Let's get into the episode with a very smooth question. Let's warm up a little bit. On a scale from one to holy moly, how crazy do you feel Romanians are? That's an interesting question. So I would say most of the time closer to holy moly, closer to the like, yeah, the kind of crazy. But like what what I love, so I've I've lived with Romanians. Uh, I've had a lot of Romanian friends and colleagues, and somehow like there's always a lot of craziness happening. But mostly, like what's what's super interesting about Romanians is going to be the different layers that you can actually get to know the person more deeply into, and then you can kind of understand the craziness and where it comes from. So closer to holy moly, but. Still, like, there's a lot of reasons behind the crazy. And there's a lot of unknown in the interactions as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, and especially, so I'm, I'm from Belgium. Um, and so, like, even in Belgium, you have, like, those, those, like, cultural differences and stuff like that. So you kind of, like, when you're from Belgium, you're kind of used to, like, dealing with cultural shock. Uh, but obviously, from a Belgian perspective, meeting a Romanian... <laughs> And I think that, like, from a lot of uh, places in the world, meeting Romanian, it's it's like it's gonna make it or break it, right? Um, like, I also worked with um, a very dear uh, Romanian colleague of mine here in the U.S. And so, since I ha- I've had practice with Romanians over like my en- entire life, that that's a bit like over the top, like with uh, a lot of like throughout a lot of my. Uh, adult life, I would say. Uh, And you can see here that in the US, they're not used to dealing with Romanians or to interacting with Romanians. Um, And so it was interesting, like for me, loving the interaction, loving the like straightforward thinking, the no bullshit kind of feeling. Uh, But then for the Americans, especially like here in the Seattle area, the Pacific Northwest, where political correctness is uh, very important, Interacting with Romanian was sometimes very challenging for my colleagues. And so it was very often at the end of the meetings, I was basically like talking to my Romanian colleague on the side. I'm like, oh, this was awesome. Um, Just like looking at that cultural clash and that like those interactions was just like, I don't know, unique. Were the Romanian colleagues aware of their cultural impact on their American counterparts? Oh yeah, and that's actually the interesting thing of like you know when it's when it's coming from your own culture, you you like you don't want to adapt yourself, and you like or very often you don't even realize how you could adapt yourself, how you could change or like try to fit better in a specific context. But then when it's a uh, uh, when it's in the U.S., where it's all about diversity and inclusion, it's all about like come as you are, like be your true self and express yourself truly. Um, uh, and and so within that environment, 
like as an expat, myself and uh, and that friend, as expats, we were in that environment where we were kind of like toying with that idea from the US of like be yourself, come as like your true self, express yourself. And so very often the like she was very aware of it, but at the same time, she was like, yeah, I'm not going to change. Like, it's written in the policy. I can be myself. And so, like, it's going to be no bullshit. It's going to be like, I'm going to be my true Romanian person. And um, and I'm just going to say things the way they are. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. And, like, most of the time, it's actually moving the project faster and, like, in a, in a, in a straighter line. Um, than it would with additional politics and additional negotiation. And so, like, somehow it's very effective, even in the U.S., but you could also see that at the personal, on the personal side of it, there was kind of very often a struggle. And I also had that conversation with some of the American colleagues on, like, yeah, don't you feel like like she's a bit pushy? I'm like, no, she's Romanian. Like, (laughs) you know, she's, she's just the way she is. Like, and just have a heart-to-heart conversation about it with her and you'll realize like how um, how amazing she's going to be as in like she knows it but she won't com- to compromise who she is and at the same time like she can have a heart-to-heart conversation with you and really like listen to how you feel about it and and making sure that like she's not like she's not being hurtful just because she wants to be hurtful. She's just being herself. And somehow in some cultures, in some contexts, it might just clash. And that's okay. So she was very aware of it. And she was like, yeah, you know, this is who I am. And sometimes you also have like those American people that talk a lot and very loudly. And for an introvert like myself coming from a small country where we tend to like, you know, try to find a compromise. And then you have a... And like a typical American that I might qualify as a bully, but like technically that might be just a guy speaking his mind and not being afraid of his opinions. I'm like, yeah, that's my perspective. Maybe he doesn't mean this it this way and this sort of thing. And so it's very interesting to see, like in this case, my Romanian friend was kind of seen as a pushy person when I'm like, yeah, go to Romania and realize like this is normal. Like this is, yeah, it's... You know, from time to time, I was just saying, like, yeah, she's Romanian. You kind of have to, like, to know what that means. But it's, it's yeah, like, all of the, the Romanian friends uh, I have and the Romanian, like, yeah, friends, I can still qualify them as friends that I lived with, were, like, amazing. Like, from that that aspect of, like, this is who I am. I'm proud of it. I, I, I'm not going to change for it. But at the same time, very emotional, very deeply emotional behind that kind of poker face from time to time. Still, like some of the biggest hearts that I've ever got to interact with. So it's uh, that's that's basically that like the surface versus the depth of uh, the Romanians that I find just fascinating and amazing to um, to to live with. Basically, that's something that I wanted to ask you if. Uh you had an image of how a Romanian person would look like. And of course, this is coming from your interaction with the Romanians that you have known. And maybe you can tell us a little bit also from how the Belgian perspective interacts with your way of creating this opinion about the Romanians that you've met. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I don't want to be like, you know, going into into stereotypes or generalization, but uh, like my experience and like most of my experience with uh, with Romanians were actually through an organization I was part of uh, called ISEC. <clears throat> and so a lot of those Romanian friends of mine, I basically met them through that organization. So this being a youth organization. Yes. Yes, uh, it's a it's a youth development platform present globally, and uh, the basically the Romanian chapters are like very well respected, very well known within the organization, uh, very well structured. Uh, like it's it's actually in in many cases it's like when I was in the organization, it was always used as a best case practice of like how to live the ISEC way in a very specific cultural environment, and so a lot of my Romanian friends actually come from the time I was part of that organization. And so we kind of already shared like 
the same values, the same aspect, the same view of the world, because otherwise you don't share that, you don't join that organization. It is about like really building better cross-cultural understanding like around the world, basically. That's that's really like one of the main idea of the organization. And so all the remains that were part of the conversation or part of the organization were already with that mindset of like, you know, enriching yourself self and understanding other people's point of view, other cultures and things like that. So like my experience of Romanian is obviously filtered through that like shared set of values uh, and understanding of how we can make the world better by that cross-cultural understanding. And so so that's also why like probably the remains that the remains that the remains that I got friends with were kind of like already we had those shared values, we had that shared perspective. Uh, so I'm not going to say that my opinion of the Romanian is representative of like every Romanian, but my experience is that like I was talking about that poker face. And so it's very often you're going to have like that very straight face, not expressing a lot of a lot of like emotions on their like through their body language, like very kind of looks very strict, looks very uh, not always super approachable, serious, and like, you know, that kind of like, it can give you kind of a cold feel of like, whoa, that person seems intense. They lived a very interesting life. Yeah, somehow. Like, it's there's, there's like a, a very interesting aura around them. And, it's, and then you start like seeing them interacting with each other and that like acting, like acting crazy, laughing their ass off. But somehow, as soon as like, you get into the group, they start looking at you with, again, that very serious face. Like, there's there's something... Is it a sort of hardship or a hard-edged attitude that you would see in them? I think it's, it's like, I don't know if it's, like, hard in the sense of they're going to be, you know, you don't belong or closed or, like, it kind of gives you a, a first, the first impression might kind of get you in that way but as soon as you start interacting with them and that you start realizing what you have in common and that you start kind of scratching underneath the surface like I've had like some of my most meaningful conversations with Romanians I've had some of my most open-hearted conversations with Romanians I've had so many of those like strong connecting moments with a lot of my Romanian friends and like yeah I was I was going to give the example of also like the now I'm becoming random but it just reminded me of a very good friend of mine and we, I was basically working in his company as well or doing an internship in his company uh, helping him uh, design his communication and, and brand strategy and at one point we actually needed to go and see one of the suppliers and he was driving and so if you've ever been in a car with a Romanian, the Belgian uh, streets, like, harm yourself. Because that's, like, the only moment I was in a car where I literally saw my life flashing in front of my eyes. Like, yeah, it was it was intense. And so that is, like, the reason why I'm coming to this is, like, it was, again, like, one of those super intense moments. Like, you know, literally having uh, your life flashing in, in front of your eyes just because you you might be sitting next to someone who has a very different driving style than you would. But what exactly happens? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. So we were in a hurry. And so as, as a, like a, a Romanian driving style is already pretty, I'm going to use the word intense, or can be. Uh, and so we're basically like driving in a very uh, intense way. I'm going to use that word again. And so technically like, like following the rules, like he was not speeding, but kind of like, you know, taking the turns a bit like crisp. <laughs> and so at one point, uh, there was this huge truck that was basically like he was driving uphill. So kind of pretty slow. And we were supposed to take the next ride, but we were stuck behind the truck. And so he decides to actually pass the truck and then turn right, right in front of the truck. And I was on the passenger seat, so which is the seat where you see the truck coming towards you as he takes the turn. And that's when I saw my life flashing in front of my life, uh, in front of my eyes. So that was a, that was an intense moment. And so it, it goes from like those intense, like that kind of intense moment, but also to the open hearted conversation, to the very meaningful conversations to like, I think I might've actually 
Uh, in my current job, I'm basically the one representing, so I'm surrounded with a lot of Americans, but I'm basically the one representing the rest of the world. I like always kind of reminding them that I work for like a, uh, international headquarters of a big organization. And so I was basically constantly telling them like, yeah, but this is great for the US. What are we going to do for the other markets? How can we actually localize this? And I think that a lot of that perspective and a lot of my cross-cultural environment, I've learned through my interaction with Romanians because of the fact that there's all of those layers in their personality of like the, the, like the first impression, which might look closed and cold, but then like among the warmest people that I've ever inter- interacted with, the most like like the people that have so much depth and so much, um, like so, such a big heart to share, but they're also very careful on how they do it and who they do it with. And and if there's, the, if there's something they don't like, they'll say it straight to your face. And so from time to time, you're like, wait, like what, what? What just happened? And so if you're acting like a jerk, they'll let you know. And very often, that's the kind of things you need to know uh, or you need to hear, uh, even though you don't want to hear it. And that's also one of the beautiful things of like, if like they might actually give you a slap in the face, but they'll also be there to kind of help you go through the pain. And so when I was living with Romanians, uh, especially like my first Romanian uh, flatmates, she was also a lot like that. She would say things straight to your face, but she would help you go through the pain of dealing with it. Like when you wouldn't mop the floor in the kitchen and then she would help you mop the floor in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, not not that much, especially like, again, flatmates. So, you know, you you basically like had your responsibility for the week, like, cleaning up the mess and uh, very strict on the schedule. But it was really like those conversations of like, yeah, no, Vincent, I think here you're completely wrong. Or Vincent, I think here like you're just, you're just not making any sense or uh, you're acting like a jerk. And then still like not stopping there as in like, no, I'm done. Like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. It's really like, but at the same time, like, because they also, they also learn to get to know you. And so, uh, especially here, like a flatmate, obviously living very closely with her, she could also basically like go through the pain of like understanding what just happened and uh, the fact that indeed you might just receive the slap in the face that you needed to understand that your point of view is not always the best point of view or that you're not supposed to know everything. But at the same time, also help you figure out like how to go with this and again like help you through the pain of it through the emotional aspect and through the like the reasoning aspect of what just happened do you remember of any concrete example of a conversation that you've had maybe the one where you acted like a jerk <laughs> in case you acted like a jerk i don't know there were there are no witnesses <laughs> Thank you for picking that one. I don't know, like, you know how from time to time you watch a movie and you know you like it, but you don't even remember the storyline? That's kind of the feeling I have here of like, I don't exactly remember the story, but I can still see us like sitting in the kitchen having a conversation and me feeling like I just got a snap in my face. Uh, but at the same time, the conversation did not end there. Like, we just, like, you know, two glasses of wine and we started having, like, that conversation, like, really going through the different aspects of what just happened. And so hearing what I needed to hear, but at the same time also hearing what I needed to hear, like, not only as in, like, you're a jerk or you're acting like a jerk in this situation, but actually what I needed to hear as in, like, through the healing process or through, like, the processing process. So it was not necessarily a judgment that was just thrown out and you would expect to to deal with it on your own, but then the person would be there for you as well. Yeah. And especially like, again, like in this case, it was my flat, she was my flatmate and uh, she's a friend of mine. And so it's, it's, it's also like, you know, it's not just like a, a, a random Romanian that came across in the street, right? Because if you're acting like a jerk to someone you don't know, they'll probably just tell you, you're a jerk, and they're not going to help you through the process, right? <clears throat> but uh, not every, like, even if, if I look at, at other friends, like, not everyone is going to be as comfortable with, 
like dealing with like the more emotional part of the conversation. A lot of cultures basically are very uncomfortable with emotions. What's interesting is that like the way I feel it with Romanian is that like they're not uncomfortable with emotion. They kind of somehow like they learn how to manage it, how to like how to control it somehow, how to better understanding, how to understand when emotion is needed and when reason is needed. And that's the like the like the straight to your face, but at the same time, like I'll be there if you need me. In a way, I think it's also the idea of them learning to first of all experience emotion and be okay with it. Because you need to go through things to be able to be by the side of somebody else going through something. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And but still like a lot of like people all around the world kind of have those emotional like things happening to them and so on and so on. But not every culture basically gives you the tool to really like dig deeper into it. And like I, I was just watching a, a TV show a few days ago. So you had you basically had uh, a lady who was coming from India now living in the US. You know, it's a Netflix show, so obviously it had to happen in the US. And so uh, in that case, uh, so she came to, to the US with her family. And at one point, uh, she actually talks to a therapist and what was very interesting is uh, the therapist tells her like I know you don't really believe in therapy and she's like yeah no I don't believe in it it's something it's something like for white people and like I, I basically lost the movie because I was laughing my ass off uh, like for, for basically three or four minutes and I literally had to go back to be able to actually catch up the show from that point because I was like somehow it feels like this is so true and I assume that in this case it might be white people as it like as in like the Western world people because a lot of uh, the Western cultures are not really taught on how to deal with their emotions. Like, and I can probably give my example uh, my, myself as an example as well. And I'm like, yes, obviously, like you know, we have emotions, and but somehow you're not always entitled to express them or this kind of that like proper way of expressing your emotions or like you kind of, you constrained in the way you can show them and how like a lot of, uh, a lot of our cultures basically struggle with the thing of like, you're not supposed to show it or you have to show it in a specific way. And somehow like when I, when I bring that back to my Romanian friends is like, yeah, they get the emotion like in most cases, they're not always gonna show it and express it, and they're fine with it. Like it doesn't feel like it's a constraint. It doesn't feel like, you know. And correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, but it it really feels like like they basically got it figured out on like how to how to allow yourself to feel an emotion, but not struggling with how and why and when to express it. So it's again like. I've learned a lot about myself by living with Romanians, working with Romanians, being friends with uh, with Romanians, like somehow solving the riddle of my Romanian friends kind of also got me to understand myself better somehow and how I deal with this and how sometimes it's it's okay. Like I'm still I'm still not super straightforward. Uh, and you might hear that in the way I'm trying to find the right words to express myself. But like somehow it's it's okay. Like you you don't you don't have to block yourself from feeling and you express your emotions the way you want. It's up to you. You don't want to, fine. You want to, go for it. And I don't know. Like like I said, I've learned a lot about like myself by looking at my Romanian friends, which is super interesting. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm actually going through a like sociological exploration when I'm like every time I meet a Romanian I'm like okay let me get my notepad and start studying you know it's really like those genuine interactions with someone who has a very different point of view and a very different way of expressing themselves it's it's just like I find it very enriching it's very interesting because I was reminded while you were talking about how you perceive or how you felt Romanians deal with their feelings and of course, I also have my own experiential baggage because I come from Romania. I have lived in Western countries. We are different in terms of expressing and accepting. I think most of all, accepting our the scale of our feelings and the variety of them. But in a way, I was 
well, it's 2020, I guess I need to be reminded of a meme in the sense of there was a Romanian meme page that posted a certain meme regarding mental health in Romania, which is becoming a topic in itself. Uh, That page in itself is very concerned about how Romanians deal with their mental health. And they are talking mostly about depression. So dealing with overwhelming types of feelings. So we're not talking about the everyday uh, emotions that one might experience. But the meme is actually very funny. It's the typical meme of a guy who's trying, who has a leak in some kind of container and he's trying to fix it with scotch tape. And he just slaps the scotch tape over it. So basically you set up the scene of you have a problem, what is the solution to the problem? And in the context of uh, Romanians managing their emotions, what was up, It's uh, what was put in the first part of the meme was Romanians having depression. And then the fixture is what Romanians would say, like, yeah, just, just drink some chamomile tea. You're going to be fine. Just like walk it off. Or it's, it's interesting to see how, in a way, I do feel that we as Romanians do do have this experiential baggage. And this is why I mentioned the, the hardship, uh, hardship in the sense of not necessarily that people are more, more closed or more threatening, but in the sense of people, I feel that Romania, since it's such a rich, it has so many, so many experiences that one could go through and they are, in my opinion, usually opposite. So you can have, the best of the time in Romania or the worst of or the worst of it. It's quite opposite in terms of intensity. Then people develop this huge spectrum of emotions and they, they need to deal with it. But I found it interesting because Romanians still feel, from what I what, what I registered online as well and through my interactions with my people, they still feel like they don't have the hang of it. They don't they're either too emotional or they don't talk enough about things, or maybe they don't talk enough about the negative things that happen to them. So how would you put that? Like, have you noticed this kind of discussion or have you noticed this kind of, have you noticed this? I don't know if I should call it self-blame, but, or maybe this perfectionist attitude in Romanians. Ah, maybe you can help me out in, in figuring out what kind of trade that is. As I was listening to you, it kind of also reminded me that like a lot of the experiences that I've been talking about so far were actually people from that organization I was talking about, also outside of Romania. Uh, so usually either in Belgium, in international con- context, here in the U.S. And so where that environment kind of like whether it was my own cultural environment or in an environment in a situation where the cultural contrast was pretty intense, right? Um and so when I actually went to Romania, my experience was 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 different. And also when I actually got to interact with Romanian people who were not part of the organization, my experience was also slightly different. And so one of the examples is that friend of mine who I was in the car with, uh, when I started meeting his others. Uh, so his older brother was a very successful businessman working in Belgium as well. Um, and he kind of like he kind of fitted the same the same idea of like the Romanians that I that I knew of and that I was familiar with. But then my brother was more like a teenager Romanian, and so for that guy, he basically looked a bit like a, a younger Cristiano Ronaldo, and so looking good, knowing it, using it. Uh, like one of his biggest dreams in life was to actually own his own BMW and like. It does. When I started talking about that with my um, Cosmin, so my friend, we started talking about that, and it was kind of that idea. And I, like, I could also see that in some of my other Romanian friends, mostly Romanian guys, is the image they were projecting, uh, and so the fact that, especially when they were getting back home, they kind of had to show that they had been successful. Uh, and so the car they drive, the way they dress, a lot of those kind of have a lot of importance in uh, the way they're going to be perceived by by other people. And somehow I felt like in Romanian, even more importantly. And so that was also the very interesting thing of like when I actually went to Romania with my like Romanian friends, but who were at that time living in Belgium, you could see that that like that image aspect of them kind of 
got tuned up slightly. Uh, and you could see that specifically in the teenage brother who was still into like that very like younger part of his life where he could still make a lot of those choices that were going to like make it or break it kind of thing. And so he also came to Belgium. He also started working there. He also started saving a lot of money so that he could actually like buy those statues statement, status statement, uh, that he could then go back to Romania with. And so that's that was also very interesting of how they would lit like he would literally drive from Belgium to Romania with his BMW so that he could show the BMW at home instead of actually like traveling with something that would have been shorter and more convenient like a plane ride or a train ride. And so some like that was kind of an aspect of it that like I was intrigued by it because I'd never seen that in my other Romanian friend or the fact that they felt like this was actually an important piece of their personality within another cultural environment like Belgium, where you might not have that as much. Whereas in Romanian, you could also see when I went there, like everybody had the latest iPhone, for example, all the like when we went to like party in the bars and in that very like trendy neighborhood of Bucharest, I don't remember the name of it. Was it in the city center? Yes. Then it's the the old part of the town. Yes, yes, beautiful area, and so and I could see that all of them had the latest iPhone, and even if the screen was completely shattered for a lot of them, they would keep the iPhone, and so it it was so interesting that like it kind of was a given that. Like you basically needed that status statement of like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting the latest iPhone. And so it was like, I also had some conversations about that. It was kind of that idea of the image of success is very important within the Romanian culture. But somehow I saw that when I was in Romania, but I didn't see that in my Romanian friends outside of Romania. And so it was like, kind of that that aspect of like is that something that's important within a Romanian culture as in when you're in Romania you kind of need especially when you go abroad and come back you kind of have to show like yeah it was worth it like I you know I went to Belgium and I, I made a life for myself and now I can prove it but it, it it was kind of not like it was not part of their personality outside of Romania and so that was a very interesting Uh, contrast as well. And so, like I said, most of my interaction with Romanians are outside of Romania, but like going to Romania was a was kind of a, a another dimension of like trying to understand some pieces of it, some pieces of my friends' personalities and the way they do things. But some of it I just could not reconcile, which was also very interesting. It makes sense because I. From what I experienced, I know that Romanians put a lot of pressure on themselves to be important. Of course, this has multiple reasons. If you look at it from a historical perspective, even the most recent regarding Romania's commun communist past, in the end, you had a lot of competition and in communism especially, but not only. This has happened way before as well. It really mattered who you were in terms of titles to get whatever you wanted out of life. It really mattered in terms of material wealth to prove that you are important. And I do believe that this is kind of a remnant and it is something that is, I would say, plaguing, to be very honest, the Romanian family as well. When you come from school and you your mom starts asking you, well, what grade did you get on your paper? And then, of course, she starts comparing. But look, Georgiana got a better grade than you. Why can't you do better? So there are these... Um, pressure points, I would say, that are imposed in a way by a continuation that of, of our cultural way of being that in the end, I feel that they are bringing us, in a way they're bringing us down, but at the same time, that's why you had Nadia Komanich winning a 10, the first 10 in history. It was because of that pressure, if we are very honest. If you read her biography and if you listen to the interviews, it was because of the pressure that she had put on herself and the fact that You might have noticed this as well in work, why Romanians are usually the hardworking people, the serious people that want to get the job done. <laughs> It's not a nine to five. 
kind of people. That's for sure. And it's it's interesting you're talking about that because, like, I I could I can really see that when I was in Romania and versus like that feel of competition and the fact that they're very hardworking and the fact like it was going to be valued but not the same way in another cultural environment. So if you go to Belgium, like hardworking is great, but that competitive aspect might not be as engraved into the culture. And so it's like no one is actually going to try to compete with like not as much with each other and probably not with the Romanian. There was no external pressure for the competition that would fuel up the internal pressure yeah and so it's it's interesting how like again like that that different environment kind of makes them like they, they seem like a romanian belgium usually feels like or at least my romanian friends have always feel very self-confident and so not the type of people you actually want to enter in the competition with because a lot of like a lot of belgians kind of are not that self-confident and so it's always about like trying to find the best solution for everyone and finding the compromise and so whenever you're actually going to try to find a compromise with a romanian it's usually not going to end up well like compromise is not like always super easy to come to with a Romanian. And very often because like they're basically gonna also tell you again to your face of like, yeah, um, no, this is the right, like look at the list of reasons. This is the right solution. Like, yeah, but you know, like they're not gonna like it or it's gonna hurt their feelings. And the Romanian is like, so what? This is the right thing to do. Like, yeah, okay, I, I get it. And so, you know, when you're trying, like, especially as a Belgian, like with the different cultures and trying to weigh in emotion and reason and like all of those different layers of, of human beings. And then someone basically comes with a list of features. It's like, yeah, but, you know, that emotional conflict that you're talking about does not outweigh that list of reasons. Like, no, like we, we cannot have it overshadow the fact that this is the best solution. And so again, from time to time, you just need to hear it. And otherwise, just blame the Romanian for the decision and they'll deal with it. They'll probably deal with it better than I would. Uh, just kidding there. But uh, it was super interesting to see like how when they get back to their home culture, like there was kind of that external pressure and like to your point that competition proving that I did that I did good, uh, that it did not have to live by, like in Belgium or in the other environments. And so, no, it's it's a it's a very again a very interesting thing to look at. And you know, I like if we, if I want to talk more about my time when I was in Romania, like it it was a, again a very like a very enriching experience. And coming from Belgium, Romania is obviously a huge country. <laughs> Like very often you, you kind of will, like a lot of people don't notice it on the map, but when you actually dig deeper into it, it's a huge country uh, with a lot of diversity within it as well. Like the people from the different regions do not like act the same, think the same. And so it's it's uh, it was also very interesting to kind of get to learn a bit more about those internal dynamics within Romania and to travel through the different uh, the different areas as well. Where did you travel to? So we went to Transylvania. We we went to um, to the castle. I want to say Dracula's castle, but you're probably not going to like it if I refer to it that way. I don't have any problems with it. Cool. So I went to Transylvania. Uh, we went to, gosh, I'm so bad with names. Uh, so one of those uh, seaside cities. Mamaya? Yes, Mamaya. We went to Mamaya. It was outside of the season, so everything was closed. But like we spent the day there, like just walking, and it was it was uh, pretty fun. So, but like it was basically at that time because it wasn't the season. We went to oh gosh, what's the name? And that one, if I don't get it right, uh, I know my friend is gonna kill me because she's from there, and so that's why we went there because we then ended up staying with our family as well, which is also full of a lot of other interesting stories, especially regarding food. The first time I actually became vegetarian for two days in a row is in Romania because of an excess of meat. I remember that feeling. Anyway, we'll get back to that. But let me try to help. Was it in the east, in the south side, close to Bucharest? It wasn't close to Bucharest. 
and it was not in Transylvania. No, I don't think so. Gosh, now I feel bad. I should have done my research before. Craiova. Oh, it's in the south. Yes, southwestern side. Yep. So we went there as well. And so that's where she's from. We went to visit her um, her family. We went to uh, see like where she went to school and like we basically went around the city. Like, you know, she was so Janina is her name. Uh, and she was one of the like the people I had the deepest conversations with ever. Like I, I can feel the tears coming to my eyes just talking about it. But it's it's like she's she's an amazing person. And she also, like in a very Romanian way, made me realize how my country can be. And so like with a different perspective, but also like always super curious, super willing to learn, to understand others, to like dig deeper into like, why is it this way and this sort of thing. So uh, again, very enriching for me as well. And so we went to uh, uh, to Craiova, we went around. I remember at one point we actually went to one of the uh, restaurants that she really liked and I wanted to order an iced tea. And I wanted to try to order the lemon iced tea in Romanian. If you speak Romanian, you see where I'm coming, where I'm going with this. I was thinking about it. Yep, exactly. And so the 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 Romanian word for lemon, which I'm not going to try to pronounce because I know I'm not good at it, has a, if you don't pronounce it the right way, means something very, very different. And obviously when I ordered my uh, iced tea, the waiter asked whether I wanted, uh, I think it was orange or lemon, uh, and I wanted lemon. So I tried to repeat the way he said it, and obviously I didn't. So it it ended up in an interesting uh, nervous laugh from the waiter, like less nervous, very euphoric life from my friend. And then I got the explanation of what I just asked to the waiter. <laughs> I don't know if, if you want to explain to your listeners what that is, but yeah. Let's just put it that in case in case people are hip hop fans and they like Paraziti, the Romanian hip hop band, very famous, they use that kind of expression very much. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now it's a, it was a, an interesting moment. So yeah, that's also like when I like one of my you know I I learned a few sentences like like I can't like basically I can't speak Romanian because I was ended up being very useful. Uh, I think I still remember it. It's a don't don't laugh, uh, but I think it's something like you know what best from That makes sense. <laughs> yes. There you go. You soon for oh gosh, you soon for differentiate pentruke to oh god. I'm trying to say because you are my friend. Pentruke to yes yes prietenumel. Well, something like that. Anyway, so a few of those. And lemon. And yeah, well, no, lemon, I never I never got the hang of it. So that one I quickly understood. It's better for your own sake to stop trying. Um, so no, lemon, no. And the, there is like in lemon, there's that very specific thing you need to do with your like mouth, throat. And like, I, I never got to master that so i stopped trying really i think it was best for everyone so yeah so craiova where else did we go we also went in the mountains uh that was actually a very nice oh sinaya there you go can that be sinaya in the yes, mountains of course <laughs> there you go so we went to sinaya that was also like that was beautiful we had uh we spent a few days there did you spot a bear uh no we didn't that I would have remembered. You need to come back because it's one of a kind. It's a one of a kind experience that um, you can only get around there. Sinai is very famous for it. If I if I ever go back, I will. I've seen I've seen my fair share of bears in the US. Uh, they're probably not the same one, but yeah, they still have a few here as well. So no, yeah. So that's that's some of what I remember. And so and the food. The food, yeah. Let's go there, right? So it was, I think it was my first or my second night in uh, Bucharest where we went to that restaurant, uh, which looked like a, a medieval underground cavern kind of thing. And the food was amazing, but we ordered the plateau of meat for two and it felt like it was a plateau of meat for 10. 
and it was so much meat. And I was like, you know, usually when you order a plateau of meat in a lot of countries, uh, you expect to still have a few other things than meat that goes with it. Not there. Uh, and so there was pork, there was sausages, there was chicken, there was beef, there was like um, like um, the normal meat you would expect, but just in such an amount, it was crazy. And so the next day I was vegetarian for 24 hours. I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I've had enough meat, maybe even for the week. But then, like I said, when uh, uh, we went to her hometown and we went to, uh, to live at uh, her parents' place, and she kind of briefed me on like, you may not refuse anything my parents offer you, uh, especially if it's food. And so you're going to have to try everything on the table. I was like, okay, that, that sounds interesting. That's going to be a challenge or maybe not a challenge, but at least something fun to do or something fun to like push myself to do. And so like first meal, again, lots of meat, lots and lots of meat. And then there was this, oh gosh, like it, it kind of looked like a pate, but also like a huge sausage, like huge sausage. And it was, I remember, it was super good. Uh, and it, it had been homemade by uh, by her mother, but it, it basically, like, you would eat it like a potato. You would put it on bread, and it was so good. But again, like, so much meat. But, like, yeah, I, I don't remember having had any bad Romanian food experience, maybe to one exception. But that's actually not even though, like, I haven't actually tasted it. It was more... The delivery method that was interesting. That's actually when I uh, I was living with a Romanian in uh, uh, in Belgium. Her name was uh, Joanna, and she would keep on getting those huge jars of food. Some of it was vegetables, some of it was fruits, some of it was other things that, like to this day, remain undefined. And so those huge jars, basically like with liquid in it, and like I said, it was most mostly the delivery method that I was kind of intrigued with because I actually never tried any of Well, that's not true. I did try some of it and it was very good, but some of it I was like, yeah, like I just like my mind cannot understand what this is. So I'm too old to take that chance. And too old was basically 25, 26. So I wasn't, but I was just blaming it on that. But like it was like the two... The two Romanian girls I live with, so Liliana and Ioana, both kept on constantly receiving those big jars of food from from their mothers, and that's like when I like I also realized the the archetype of the Romanian mother. How would you describe her? Yeah, I don't want to go into stereotypes. I don't want to go into generalizations. So hopefully, this isn't going to be offensive or like in any way to anyone. Uh, but the Romanian mother who like just like even thousands of kilometers away from you will still like send you food in those big jars by mail or like whenever she would visit, she would actually come with food. And when we went to uh, to, to my friend's place in our hometown and we rest, uh, we, we stayed with our family, like so much cooking so much food and obviously we had to live with some of it like that's like that's super like warm and welcoming and like i i couldn't speak romanian they couldn't speak english or like very basic english but still you could feel the warmth and the welcoming and the like whatever you need let us know or like somehow let us know uh and constantly like do you want something to eat? Do you want something to eat? Do you want something to eat? That's a very important question. It, it, it is, but, you know, after your, your your fifth plate of meat, you kind of, like, you know. And it's interesting because I was actually talking about the idea of being vegetarian to Romanian is, is, is interesting, uh, at least at that time. And, like, that was, I don't know, 10 years ago. And so when I basically told them, like, yeah, you know, with all the meat I had yesterday, I'm just going to be a vegetarian for the next two days. And at one point, I basically tried to do that thing as well with my friend when we we're going to visit her parents. And she was like, yeah, no, no way. Like, you cannot do that to my parents. And they would just not understand, like, how you could just not eat meat. 
And so now vegan is very trendy. And I'm wondering how that trend goes in Romania, just like out of curiosity. Culturally, you're right, because we do even have a, an expression that says meat is the best vegetable that you can have. So I think that kind of sums up the whole feeling around it. <laughs> yep. Yep. That, like, you know, it's this kind of thing, like you tell me that and I'm like, yeah, not surprised. Um, and talking about expressions, I just also remember that. And I'm not going to give you an example, first, because I cannot repeat it in Romanian. And second, because I do not feel comfortable repeating the translation uh, is uh, the weirdest and most obscure Uh, expressions that I've ever had come from Romania. And actually at that time it was uh, my friend's boyfriend who was uh, coming from, I don't remember, but apparently that region of Romania was also known for their dark humor. Is it Moldova? Is it the East? I think it was Northeast. Yeah, they are very known. <laughs> That's what I had in mind, but I just didn't want to try it out and be completely wrong. So apparently my memory is not as bad as I think uh, it is. So yeah, Northeast. Uh, and so uh, dark humor. And so he gave me like a, a sample of some of the typical, like air quotes typical, but some of the most colorful expression or some of the most dark humor expression they have in that. Eye. And I'm like, whoa, that that's intense. That was like... Again, an interesting experience. I'm like, why would you even say that to someone? Like, yeah, you know, for us, it's just like a basic expression. I'm like, no, it can't be. Like, if this is what it means, you can't just casually put that into a conversation. So that was also a, an interesting contrast with my level of polit political correctness, which was the Belgian level, not that I live in the Pacific Northwest in the U.S., Even that is being tested. I'm apparently not politically correct enough for the area. So Northeast Romania, probably, that would probably be a very interesting contrast with my Pacific Northwest colleagues and friends. I think the shock element would be there. Yeah. And you remember that conversation we had, like the both of us, where we were wondering whether the Dutch were direct. And you were like, no way. And I was like, yeah, no, too much. And it's like this this cultural spectrum. And so if, and I'm not even going to say that Romanians are on one extreme of the straightforward attitude, because I would believe that there's probably other cultures where it might be even more straightforward. And I don't know, like you, you can probably uh, give a better idea of that. But I would say that the Pacific Northwest of the United States of America are probably on the other side of the spectrum. So again, having my Romanian colleague who was not from the Northwest, I think she was from around uh, Bucharest, and my American colleagues in meetings was like very interesting from a political correctness perspective. I actually wanted to ask you about that because, so there was this rumor at one point in the 2000s, regarding Romanians and Microsoft. There was this myth going on in the early 2000s about how Romanian was the second most spoken language. And actually, this part came in a video that went viral. And the specific quote was, hey, Mr. Bill Gates, so it was back in the day, there's, there's a reason why you should learn to say thank you in Romanian. It's because Romanian is supposedly the second most spoken language in Microsoft, so. I can say thank you in Romanian. That's, that's, that's correct, right? Yeah. And I know that if it's actually, wait, what was it? If it's we thank you, is it multumim? Yes. Oh, there you go. See, I, I still remember Amazing. some of it. And I also, I also, like, sometimes when I'm really, really pissed off, And I want to swear in a language where I know it means something very bad, but uh, I don't want to have the emotional baggage of saying it. I swear in Romanian. Really? Yeah, it starts with an F and ends with a toots. You probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I still use that that word from uh, from time to time. I actually, you know how I learned that word? Uh, so I was actually playing badminton with Janina and she she kept on using that word every time. It didn't go her way. And so I very quickly caught up. And so, yeah, that one. And there was also another one, but that one I never actually tried to learn it. But there was also another that she kept on saying, and I remember. 
but that's more when she when we were in the office that she would actually use that one. But yeah, for toots is my go-to swearing. Well, it's effective. It is very expressive. Yeah, especially like when you really put yourself into it somehow. It's uh yeah, and at the, at the same time, you know, maybe it's a good thing that not so many people at the headquarters here speak Romanian because then I can actually use it loudly in my office and no one actually knows what it means, which is very handy. But it still does the trick from like expressing your emotion. Very, very interesting. And we are almost uh, at the end. There's just one more question that I am curious about. And is there something that you feel people can learn from the Romanian culture that you came in contact with? Obviously, if you want to understand what too much meat is, travel to Romania. Uh, but otherwise, I would say like from a from a Romanian culture. So like I told you, I, I I've been to Romania once for almost two weeks. And so like the Romanian culture as in, in Romania, I've, I've, I've seen some of it, but I wouldn't say I, I'm actually able to tell you like how you can learn from the Romanian culture. Uh, but from the Romanian people that I've been interacting with, it's it's really like that contrast between who they are out on the, on the outside and who they are on the inside. And like how much you can learn from them by actually scratching deeper under the surface and how much how much you can actually get from from them as like amazing human beings and amazing friends but as well how much you can get from them about yourself how much you can actually learn about yourself and how much they'll actually be your best and worst friend at the same time is is just priceless like it's it's uh it's it's just amazing so like Yeah, that's, again, like I said, those crazy times I had with my Romanian friends and at the same time, like those deep conversations I've had with them and then like those, like Vincent, you're acting like a jerk up until the like, the world is better now kind of moment. Like all of that goes from a, really from from the from the very surface to the very like depth of emotions and conversations and things you can share and uh, and things you can live together and conversations you can have and it can sometimes go crazy and sometimes go very deep and sometimes go just completely random and it's always going to be authentic it's always going to be true like somehow I feel that In the relation, like in the friendships I've had with Romanians, sometimes I was the one being the less authentic self because, like from my cultural perspective, I was withholding things. I was not always expressing myself when, like, I would always get honesty and I would always get like true Romanian package from from all of those amazing friends that I have. So it's a uh, I don't know. It's it's it goes like there's so much to unpack. It's like you know when when you basically ask like how much has your best friend impacted you in your life uh and i've had several romanian best friends like throughout my life and it's always been like i said some of the deepest conversations some of the most meaningful relationship some of the best flatmates that i think about it if i look at my other flatmates definitely the best flatmates and so besides the big jars in the fridge everything was perfect Uh, or everything was awesome. So like, yeah, like how much you can learn about yourself by interacting with them and how much they will, they will tell you the things you need to hear, not always what you want to hear. They'll help you grow. They'll help you understand. They'll help you look at, it, at, at things from a different perspective for sure. Uh, I don't know if it's the same between Romanians, but like coming from a culture that that kind of has a bit, pretty intense contrast with Romania, uh, Belgium and Romania. I think that like the cultural contrast is pretty, pretty big. It can def like you can you can definitely learn a lot about your own point of view, about your own personality through that contrast and through that interaction with, in this case, with Romanians. Like I know I have. So, but that's you know that's just me. Do you want to give a special shout out to your Romanian friends? Oh well. Obviously, I talked about Cosmin, crazy guy who actually made me live a near-death experience. Thank you. Not for that, but thank you. Janina, like, I still remember the first moment I realized, like, she actually, the first moment she made me realize that uh, my country was 
more intriguing than I thought it would be is when uh, she was actually writing a letter in the office and she kept on writing. So, you know, in Belgium, we have two main languages. We have three national languages, but two of them are the most important one, which was uh, which are Flemish and French. And so in Brussels, where our office was, most of the street names are translated in both languages. And so every time she would actually write a letter, she would actually, not knowing it, write the name of the street in both languages. But since like she had some notion of French, but she had no idea, like she couldn't speak Flemish, she would actually always complain about how long the street names are in Belgium. And I'm like, that's because you write them in two different languages. You can actually write it only in one. It will still get where it needs to go. And so like that was one of the moments of like, oh yeah, actually, like if you if you're not from here, this is ridiculous. And so Janina, like definitely very long conversation, very deep conversation. Thank you so much for all of those open heart conversations, the badminton games. I, she was probably pushing me to be the healthiest I've ever been in my life, which like is definitely not the case right now. So Janina, thank you. Lily, uh, Liliana, uh, my first Romanian flatmate. She was the one where it was more like the, like, let's open a bottle of wine and have a conversation in the kitchen. And we would talk about our lives. She would talk about like her work. I would talk about my work. And, and we could basically just talk for hours realizing that the bottle of wine was getting empty just to so like you know that kind of conversation uh and that's my that was my first introduction to the big jars in the in the fridge and so my first interaction with romanian mothers then uh joanna my second romanian flatmate again the big jars in the fridge again very long conversations just like in front of the tv and she was also pushing me to go out more because <laughs> I'm a pretty, like I'm, I'm an introvert and I, I kind of like watching TV way too much. Uh, and so she was always like, oh yeah, I'm going with friends there. Do you want to come? And in many cases, those were Romanian friends. So I know it fit in. Uh, I know it would be a welcoming environment. And so with Haluka, who was one of those Romanian I was talking about as well, working at the European office. And now she's, I think she still is working for the European uh, Commission. So, Joanna, and then you, obviously, Daniela. So, yep, you know, we've been, we've been like, even though I'm in the US and you in the Netherlands, we still keep it going. We're still working together on, on the Mixens Academy. Uh, we have our like regular conversations where like we talk about everything. Like an, an hour or so ago, we're talking about Queen Elizabeth and the Crown on Netflix. Uh, sometimes I talk about uh, my American colleagues and how it how it is to uh, to live in the U.S. Uh, and we start comparing like the Dutch people to the Americans, uh, which is also an interesting contrast. We talk about life in general. I feel very comfortable just expressing myself, talking about all of those frustrations with you. So definitely shout out to you as well. Thank you so much. And shout out to all the Romanian moms that keep sending those packages. I just got one myself yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So maybe like that one might be actually a a true stereotype. I definitely think so. And I'm very thankful for the stereotype, to be, to be honest. So is my fridge for now, which is uh, overflowing with goodness. That's the only thing. From time to time, you actually like, I, I I remember every time there was one of those deliveries, we're like, how is this going to fit in the fridge? That was the only challenge we had. Very memorable. All of those huge jars. Gosh, like the first time I actually got the first delivery, we had to reorganize how the fridge was laid out because they just could not fit. The, the space between the shelves were not big enough. So that was, uh, that was fun. Memorable. Yeah, memorable, that's for sure. And then when I actually got to go to Romania and experience like basically the source of where uh, those jars were coming from, of like literally living under the roof of a Romanian mother, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And then the fact that we basically had to, like when when we left to go back to, to Bucharest, we basically had to leave with jars and like, you know, pieces of meat and everything to bring back to Janina's place. And so I was like, oh, yeah. So basically it's the same idea. It's just that it's by mail. And so I get like 
some of it made so much more sense and like again so warm so welcoming once you get past the surface of the poker face but yeah it's uh some of my best memories with that thank you for being on the episode my pleasure Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget that you can find Wonders on social media as well, like on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a like, a share, comment your thoughts on what you see there. And if you have a potential podcast guest on your mind or care to share your own story, if you are an international with some soul ties to Romania, then you can write to us at stories at wonders.com. That is stories at W-O-A-N-D-E-R-E-R-S.com. Until the next time, take care, bye-bye, and Darvedere. Podcast is back after a break.